Miners fans, it's time once again to talk UTEP football. 600 ESPN El Paso, Van Wagner, and Coors Light are proud to present UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. UTEP football with Dana Dimmel is sponsored by Oscar Arrieta Allstate Insurance, Aspalmas Del Sol Healthcare, by Miller Coors, Moe's Southwest Grill, by Pepsi, your El Paso Las Cruces Chevy dealers, by Schlotsky's, State Farm. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And by Truly Nolan. Now, let's join Coach Dimmel and your host, the voice of the UTEP Miners, John Teicher. And hi once again, Miner fans. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel, our third show of the season. We come your way live from the Larry K. Durham Center on the UTEP campus. And as we do each and every game week during the season, for the next hour, we talk UTEP football with you and with the head coach of your UTEP Miners, Dana Dimmel. And, of course, the 2020 season is now underway. The Miners got their season off to a good start, coming from 14-3 to down early, scoring the game's last 21 points and knocked off the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin, 24-14 to in the Sun Bowl last Saturday. And it was Deion Hankins, 113 yards, his first career 100-yard game and two bruising touchdown runs that uh, keyed the minor effort. Gavin Hardison, in his first start at quarterback, uh, threw for a touchdown. Justin Garrett caught that, and Jacob Cowing had his second career 100-yard-plus game as well as he equaled his career high with seven catches against the Lumberjacks. And again, the UTEP defense... uh, after giving up 14 points in the first 15 minutes, was not scored upon thereafter. Uh, Each side had two takeaways in the game. So a very positive start uh, for UTEP football as the Miners get set to head to Austin, Texas, our state capital, in Saturday's matchup with the Texas Longhorns, a game you can hear right here on 600 ESPN El Paso starting at 5 p.m. this Saturday. Mike Pettis will join me to bring you the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff show and then the Miners and the Longhorns. So we'll look back at uh, Saturday's victory over Stephen F. Austin, look ahead to the Miners and the Longhorns, and again, if you've got any questions or comments, uh, we welcome those here tonight. You can tweet at UTEP Miner Voice. That's my Twitter account. I'll be happy to pass along your uh, questions and comments to uh, Coach Dimmel. Or call 880-5763, 880-KROD gets you right through to the program. So let's take our first time out. When we come back, Coach Dimmel joins me, joins you, and we talk UTEP football on this Wednesday night from the Larry K. Durham Center in advance of the Miners and the Texas Longhorns. It's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, and we'll continue after this. Presented by Coors Light on 600 ESPN El Paso. Every Wednesday, 6 to 7, it's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. It's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel as we celebrate the Miners' uh, season-opening victory over the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks and look ahead to Saturday's game in Austin against the Texas Longhorns. Again, our coverage begins at 5 p.m. from Memorial Stadium with a Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Tip-Off show. want to remind you that Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. And uh, glad to be back with UTEP head coach uh, Dana Dimmel. Uh, Dim, good to see you again. And congratulations to you, your players, and your staff on a solid uh, season-opening victory. Yeah, a lot, a lot of positives to uh, to grow with on that ball game. Um, as I've mentioned, I felt like, you know, early with only having 15 practices, uh, the speed of the game kind of sure. got to us a little bit. And it was a quick adjustment for us to have to make. And what I like so much about it is that we obviously learned already how to come from behind, and that's a critical, critical thing. And uh, and the character of our football team, just to not panic. And to, and, and uh, we just watched the, uh, something that caught my eye today. We're down uh, 14 to 3. And we just scored and made it 14 to 10, and we're kicking off. Uh, or excuse me, we're down 14 to nothing, and we and we kick off, 
Anyway, the point is this, is that we kick it off and we're down in the game early, and I'm watching the at the effort from our kickoff team, and it was off the charts. And I'm like, look at that effort even when we fell behind early in the ballgame. And so that's what I thought was just a huge, huge learning tool for us, and, and it shows that, that this team has character already, and that's what I like. First time out for a defense that has a lot of new faces, particularly in the front seven, and you allowed only 230 yards of offense, no points in the last, uh, what, 45 minutes of the game, and that's uh, the uh, lowest output by a minor opponent in a game in some four years. So obviously a, a nice positive to start with, plus a couple of takeaways. Yeah, and I'm going to say this about Stephen F. Austin. I think they're a much improved football team, but a much, much improved football team. But even last year, they scored. No, no one held them down. I mean, their lowest total, I think, of the year was against Baylor, and that was 14 points. That's the only team that held them under 14 points last year, and that was Baylor, a team that won 10 or 11 games and now they're a much much better football team this year uh, than what they were last year and so to for us to hold that offense with that quarterback coming back and I think their O-line's much better than it was last year uh, we played a, a pretty solid football team on Saturday and played our kind of football and won, won the game you know pretty handily by the end of the game we were under control of what was going on. A veteran quarterback Trey Self who had thrown for over 2,500 yards uh, last year in 10 starts a uh, uh, receiver in Xavier Gibson, one of the best in FCS, yeah. who had uh, 52 catches a year ago, and two uh, returning running backs, one of whom, Dalion Ward, and we saw it uh, in the game on uh, on Saturday, uh, obvious that uh, he had played a little FBS football uh, to start his career at Texas Tech. Absolutely, and then, you know, their question mark the year before was their O-line. Well, they've picked up a couple of linemen this year that they had just picked up that played really well in the game, and I thought were, I just went back and watched their athleticism. I'm like, those guys are solid solid players so again for us to respond like that uh, it just gets me excited about you know the direction that our defensive football team is going possessions were at a bit of a premium in this game the miners had the ball only eight times four in each half and the lumberjacks had the ball only eight times as well so obviously it was incumbent upon uh, both offenses to try and get things done and what limited opportunities they had yeah we controlled the, the tempo of the game and uh you know our third down efficiency is always a big thing when we can be good on third down we can really keep the other team off the field and uh, that's kind of been an mo of any of the systems that i've been in and it kind of piggybacks into a couple as we move into talking about texas a couple of, uh, that people brought light to me as i've been doing interviews today with Texas yeah. uh, uh, media and uh, some of the games that we played against them at Kansas State that were very interesting stats. One of them that was brought to me was that we beat them one year and we only had 120 yards of offense and we beat Texas in wow. Austin. And another year we beat them at our place and we held the ball for 41 minutes and had, and I talked to Colin Deaver earlier in the week. I uh, remember I had said going into this ball game that you know, hey, maybe we'll have 300-yard rushers. And I said, I think we've done that before. And one of the games we've done it was against Texas in our place. And uh, we had three three guys rush for over 100 yards, three different guys rush for over 100 yards and held the ball for 41 minutes of the game, you know. So that's kind of the M.O. of what kind of offense we want to become as we continue to get the kind of players that we're, that we're getting. Well, thanks to the uh, two turnovers, both of which you converted into points, 14 of them, we can scratch one thing off the list that was bothering us all of last year, and that was the offense not getting an opportunity to start even one possession all of last year on the other side of midfield. You can check that off the list because you did it twice yeah. the other night against well, the uh, Here's the great story about that, John. I was so shocked that that was the only time we went three and out. The only time we punted all night was when we got the ball inside of their 50. Right. The first time because I was in shock. <laughs> Speaking of that one punt, Josh Sloan, your freshman Australian punter, and by the way, there are going to be two of them this Saturday when the Miners play the, the Longhorns in uh, in Austin. You know, he, he very easily could have kicked that thing out of the north side of the yeah. Sun Bowl Stadium, but instead he chose to hang it up, and uh, Robert Corner ran under it inside the five-yard line. Poor field position for the Lumberjacks. Textbook, you know, textbook. John, Josh just placing it right where it needs to be placed, and Robert getting himself into position to catch it and make the play. That's what you work on. We work on that so much, but, you know, to make it actually happen the way you want it executed was really a positive thing for us, uh, you know, in the ball game to give us some field position there. 
Speaking of field position, average field position in the game, Miners' average starting spot was their own 39. The uh, Lumberjacks at their own 16 of uh, Sam Houston State's eight possessions. Six of them started inside their own 20-yard line, and the other two were at their own 25-yard line. So certainly mission accomplished in that regard. Right, and that, again, that's important to have that kind of special teams play. And, you know, we feel like Josh Sloan is going to be tremendous. He's just super athletic and and uh, can do so many different things. He's very versatile with what he's doing, and he's just a freshman, you know. So we're going to, again, have him in the system for a long, long time. And, and uh, then we just feel like we're so much more deep and athletic on our special teams with the talent and the speed that we have there. It's just we can go so much deeper uh, into our personnel right now, and, and that that's going to allow us to be much better on special teams. How many true freshmen got on the field, even yeah. on special teams? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Did, you, did you count them? Not as many as we wanted to because we have a couple true uh, – a couple of true freshman defensive linemen that are going to play a lot for us this year, but we only had 44 defensive snaps, so they didn't get to play uh, where they will play later in the year. But we did have some, you know, quite a few play on special teams for us. Gavin Hardison got into two games uh, late last year and obviously making his first start uh, in this one. Uh, your thoughts overall on what you saw from him? Well, Gavin did what, he, what, what we've seen in practice. Again, it's so funny, you know, how you practice is how you play. And what he did so well, John, is that, you know, if he made mistakes, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't silly mistakes. You know, the mistake that he made on the interception, he was trying to make a play and he got hit right when he was throwing the ball and so the ball came up short and so you say well just throw that away well he thought he had the guy open and he did he did until he got hit and that disrupted the pass and then the fumble on the QB sneak we've talked about you know just not getting that rep full speed and it's hard to emulate and so now he's got that under his belt you know getting up underneath the center like we talked about some kids aren't accustomed to doing that and so we, but 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 he just makes those mistakes and then he moves on and that's the thing he's got to continue to do and that's just a part of his personality. Just curiously, in, in practice during the, any given week, uh, what percentage of snaps do the quarterbacks take under Yeah, center? not many not at all. Not very many. Not many at all. Yeah, very, very, very few. And so uh, it's just hard to emulate that. Then, And then even in practice when you do it, and then you get it full speed in a game in that type of a situation. Uh, that We told him that, too. I don't know who was talking to him about it. Maybe uh, Jake Waters or Winston was telling him, "Hey, the first time you get that in a game, you're going to get hit so hard by enemy fire, by your by friendly fire, because we shove those guys behind you, shove you so hard too. So it's a whole play that you can't really get a feel to until you get it in the game and get how, you know, how physical of a football play that that Viper is for us." The uh, Lumberjacks scored on their first possession to go up uh, seven nothing and. Uh, uh, the Miners uh, responded later on in the first quarter with a field goal. Uh, you, you started with a first and goal at that last yeah. series of downs you had on that possession. Yeah. Now, obviously, you'd like to get a touchdown every time when you've got first and goal. Had to settle for a field goal. Yeah, attempt. first and goal, I think maybe at the six or seven. Right, right. And uh, definitely, you know, with the makeup of our football team, we feel like we should be able to muscle it in there. And we didn't muscle it in on two downs, you know. And then on third down, we called a really good play and executed it really well. And the receiver got open, but it was, you know, we felt like he got grabbed and, and held up on his on his double cut there, uh, or we would have scored on that play. I was a little bit disappointed. And when we went back and watched it on film, he really did get grabbed pretty, you know, pretty heavily. So that took the points off the board for us. Right. And then the Lumberjacks uh, got uh, a drive going uh, late first, into the second quarter, they kept the ball for more than six minutes, 12 plays, 84 yards to go up 14-3, to three, and immediately you respond, uh, almost a 10-minute scoring drive, 16 plays, 9 minutes and 51 seconds time of possession. No wonder there are only eight possessions per team <laughs> per game. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's what you want to do. You want to hold on to that football because, you know, uh, as long as you have the football in your hands, I, I've never – heard of a team scoring when they don't have the football in their hands right so as long as we can hold on to it and do that that leads to, that can lead to a lot of victories for you you uh you got your top three backs involved on each of the first three series i think quadres played the first series and then josh fields played the second series and Deion Hankins played the entire third series. Was that the plan going in? Yeah, that was the plan going in. You know, Q has not. Q had been really struggling with his foot, 
and uh, he has not had not recovered from it, and he just hadn't felt comfortable, and he wasn't getting the reps that he would want to have, got, have gotten in in practice, and so, but because of what he means to our program and what he's all about, uh, and what kind of person he is, and what kind of talent we know that he has, we started him in the ball game, but Q just wasn't, you know, as you could see in the ball game, it just wasn't the Q Wildly that we all know and love. Now, he's not been on the practice field this week. What can you tell us? Yeah, you know, at this point, Q's, again, that foot is just not allowing him to, you know, play the way he wants to play. And so right now I'm not making any comments more than, you know, he's out for this game and, and uh, you know, we'll address, the uh, you know, the future of the season for him uh, at a later point. Deion Hankins certainly filled the void. His first 100-yard uh, game as a collegiate, I'm sure it's not going to be his last. And some, uh, as I mentioned earlier, some bruising, some bruising runs, including the uh, the 10-yard uh, uh, touchdown run uh, late in the first half when the Miners scored two touchdowns in the last 208 of that first half. Yeah, you know, it was gigantic turnover we got there. Right. Tysh, you know, or J.P., uh, I think Davion caused the fumble, and JP picked it up and ran with it nicely. We've got a good a brigade of blockers out in front of him and, and did a nice job. And then, um, you know, there we go. We handed off to Dion, and he just – that was as physical a run as you're ever going to see, right? I mean, again, uh, all my years of, of, of coaching and at the highest level, coaching at the highest level of college football, um, I haven't seen anybody run that hard, make a run that hard. Uh, that powerful of a run, and a lot of it's based on, like I've said in our testing, he put 505 pounds on the squat bar, and I can't remember how many times he squatted it, Tysh, but it was a lot. It was a plenty, plenty of times. He's just super strong. So after falling behind 14 to three early in the second quarter, you go in up 17 to 14 at halftime. Had to be delighted. Yeah, just great for a young new football team like us to go into to, to regain momentum in a ball game great learning experience for us to come from behind and then to go into halftime with the lead and some momentum and then we just played you know not flawless football but we can you know if we don't have those two turnovers uh you know on those two drives and then of course you know could have scored at the end of the game it could have been a pretty significant margin of victory but to me the way we did it was more uh, a long-term success for us uh, on how we won that football game and, uh, you know, blowing out a, a team like Stephen F. Austin, who I think, again, you know, uh, depending on how their season goes for them with how many games they play, I think they're going to be a, a really good football team. Um, for us, you know, uh, blowing out FCS teams has never been uh, uh, a um, M.O., you know, anywhere I've been, that's never been something that we just go blow somebody out of an FCS team. Um, we've always, you know, had games like this, you know, and and uh, then gone on and had a lot of success after that because we just played our kind of football and won, and then boom, it just was kind of rolled for us another season and passed. So I'm hoping that this season can, can be that type of season for us. You know, I know a lot of people would have hoped that maybe you would have scored in the last minute and, and run up the score a little bit, but what do you accomplish by doing that? Uh, you absolutely have no respect for the game of football if you do that, right? No respect to, if you've ever been on the other side of somebody doing that sure, to you. Sure, sure. Uh, and everybody's been, haven't they, if <laughs> yeah. they coach long yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, many times. And you just look across at the coach and say, what kind of lesson are you teaching your kids right now? Because that's our you know, our major responsibility is to teach these kids how, how to be competitive and have respect for each other. I mean, today, right now, that's the thing I'm really trying to teach my kids is respect each other, respect people, respect each other. And if you don't respect your fellow coaches uh, in this business, you, you're going to have a long, you know, just not, not a good way to handle yourself. The uh, fumble late in the first half that was recovered by Justin Prince was caused by Davion Inyang, and Justin ran it back uh, to put the Miners in scoring position. And then a huge interception in the end zone by Duran Lowe uh, late in the ball game that uh, staved off a, a potential uh, Stephen F. Austin score there. Yeah, that was huge. It was uh, he just played it so well. You know, he, he squatted and then he read that smash route, that corner route on the smash and kind of hung off the corner and kind of took both away. And I've been noticing our corners have been doing a good job with that again in our preparation. And he just made – and then the catch, though, is what – you know, you can make a good play like that and then the ball's thrown up. It was a tough catch. He had to get his feet in and jump up high. And You're talking about Justin? 
Jason Garrett? I'm talking about uh, oh, Dur- Duran, Duran Lowe. Duran okay, Lowe. okay, yeah, Duran Lowe. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and then the Miners take the ball down the field, and on a third down, I think it was third and twelve. Justin Garrett makes an absolute huge catch to give you a first down, keep the drive alive, showing the strong hands of his, not only to go up and get it but also to take it all the way to the ground it and was hold fantastic. on. Yeah, it was a very physical play. There was a lot of contact on the play, and he he went up and grabbed it, and then the, the vice grip that he put on that football to hold on to it, again, that's a just that was a huge, huge football play and just shows preparation in the weight room. All that time that he spent in the weight room to get himself stronger paid off in a game like that for us. And then, of course, Dion uh, rips off that 41-yard run, which puts you in position for Dion's uh, four-yard touch down run game over yeah we really had kind of saved the wildcat stuff with Dion because no one had ever seen him in the wildcat but we felt like it was kind of time to put a little bit of end to the game right there and he walked in off of his run out of wildcat your thoughts on Dion's first hundred yard uh, game is yeah just fantastic effort from him he's just becoming more well-rounded as a running back all the time and was really pleased to be able to see him you know step up and put it in game action and and uh, he just leads our team in so many ways because he's such a strong Christian person and he and he's such a positive human being and I just love all the attributes that he has. Who are the various uh, players of the game that you uh, give out from this past? Yeah, on offense it was a deep list, you know, because Cowing had another, you know, like you said, a hundred yard game. Garrett made that fantastic play and helped us in so many ways, and then of course. Um, you know, uh, Dion. So those three obviously were the offensive players of the game. And then on defense, Davion Inyang just flew around the field and made all kind of great plays for us and did a tremendous job. And Tyrese Knight was honorable mention on defense because of his just he brings so much to the table uh, with his physicality and his ability to rush the passer from the linebacker position as well. Um, and then special teams, Gavin Beckley, Josh Sloan, or, or players of the week in special teams. And so, you know, a lot of different guys got uh, got uh, notification on that. And then, of course, we had the Luke Laufenberg Award. You know, and Dion got the Luke Laufenberg, Luke Laufenberg Award uh, for our offensive football team for what he did. Tyrese Knight got it for our defensive football team for what he brings to the table with his physicality that he played with. And so we're always trying to keep that award you know, in our minds and, and thoughts, too. And it goes to special plays that were made by guys. And, and then um, in special teams, Justin Garrett got it. Last week we talked about the two young men, uh, Kelton Moss and Keenan Stewart, inside uh, on the interior of the Miners' defensive front, brought in from the junior college ranks uh, uh, this this off season. How well did those two play? They played really well. They played really, really well. Um, they're both very athletic and um, just played to that. Again, they played the way we expected them to play, the way we expected them from all the practices that they've had, and they're just very, very twitchy, quick, physical, strong defensive tackles, and they got a lot of strength to them as well. Dennis Barnes, uh, in his first game at this level, playing because Josh Caldwell could not. Uh, your thoughts on Dennis' performance? Dennis played really well and made some great adjustments. You know, they got that chop screen outside early in the game, and when they started running it over to Dennis's side, him and, and Davion and Justin Prince were making some really great adjustments to it, and Dennis just played extremely well, you know, and he got that penalty down here going in, but that was, again, that's exactly how we teach him to play the double cut, and we thought he played it fine, so I thought he did a ton of really, really positive things. All right, when we come back after this timeout, I uh, want to take your question for Coach Dimmel. We've got a couple. Keep them coming. At UTEP Minor Voice on Twitter, 880-5763 if you'd like to pick up the telephone. It's UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center. More coming up as we continue on 600 presented by Coors Light, ESPN El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso presents UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. All right, welcome back, and we're presented by Coors Light, UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, the Miners, and the Texas Longhorns from Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium at the University of Texas on Saturday, 5 p.m. Our coverage comes your way, beginning with the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Coors Light is an official 2020 sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, celebrate responsibly. All right, Papa Q sent us something more than once, so I got to get this in. Um, let's see if I can find it. 
He said uh, he wants me to ask Coach Dimmel if uh, Mike Canales, Chico, the Miners' offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator Mike Cox, why can't they have their own press conferences like at a few other schools? <laughs> wow. You never know what you're going to get. That's not my decision. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they they're, have any access to the media that the media wants to have yeah, with sure. them. That's for sure. Sure. And of course, I, we hear from them on yeah. uh, every pregame show what you prior to our broadcast. Yeah. We talk to uh, both Chico and, and Coxie as, uh, as well. You know, we're conducting this from the uh, Larry K. Durham Center for the third straight week. We thought we were going to do it uh, from the uh, the press box. Your wife, Julie, is, is with us uh, here tonight. Hi. And uh, I guess this brings back a few memories of your time at the University of Wyoming when you did the show with my good friend uh, David Walsh, the, the voice of the Wyoming Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, so much fun. You know, brings back great memories uh, with Dave, and we we did it up there in the press box. And so this has been nice. Tysh, I've really enjoyed doing this up here in, in the Larry K. Durham center you know it's nice for both of us and it just has that homely feel homey feel to it because of you know being right here where we do all of our work you know it's really a neat environment for us to do the show and obviously larry larry durham's been so unbelievable to our program so obviously to be to do it in the building that he's provided for us is you know makes it even more special I'm curious because uh, you, obviously you don't look up a whole bunch, but uh, how did the uh, the new club seats and the loge boxes and that whole area, the GECU Terrace, look like from uh, field level? Really good, yeah, really, really good. You know, and it's, it's just such a positive thing for this beautiful, beautiful, nostalgic stadium to have and just really been a real cool, cool uh, addition, and I just can't wait to see it continue to improve as we move forward from, you know, all the money that was donated and Paul Foster stepping up and donating even more. What a special gift that was to allow us to really uh, make this place special. So a lot of people have done a lot of things to, to help this thing go, and it's nice to get that kind of help. You know, it's been typical uh, practice weather for the Miners uh, throughout the course of this uh, early season. Uh, it was interesting, though, today, and everything's relative. Uh, you've been at some real cold weather places, but it, it felt more like November, a November practice than a, than a September practice <laughs> this did. morning, didn't it? Yeah, geez, I had on the sweats and, and uh, the... the uh, sweat top the hoodie the hooded sweatshirt and the sweatpants and and um a couple of the players were making fun of me because the sweatpants i had on were coach neely's because i didn't have any here so i had on coach neely's and they thought they were a little tight on me so they were having fun with that speaking <laughs> of uh, barrick neely the miners uh, first year running backs coach was your director of player personnel uh for the last couple of years before this uh, Barrick Neely has a, has a big tie at the University of Texas, and it's obviously with the head coach, uh, Tom Herman, who sure. was his coordinator and position coach when Barrick left your program right. at the University of Houston to play at, uh, at Texas State. Yeah, and Tom mentioned that on his press conference about how you know, much of a contribution that Barrick made to Tom's career. And uh, it was really, a you know, Barrick was a freshman for us at, at Houston and was actually you know this that was his last game for us is when we played university of texas and uh he ran a play and ran off the sidelines and and uh tore his acl here when we played texas when we were at houston and and then uh you know after i left houston barrick didn't want to stay there anymore and so he transferred to texas state and ended up playing for tom and and uh you know they went on and had great success there and that kind of catapulted tom's career to get the opportunities that he got as as his career moved along the Miners have a, a young uh, student-athlete uh, who uh, is from Austin, and that's uh, redshirt freshman offensive tackle Jeremiah Byers. He'll be going home for this uh, game, although he's been struggling a little bit with, I, I think, a leg problem. How's, right. how's yeah. Jeremiah doing? He's coming along good now. You know, he's really he, – he, Jeremiah's never been hurt. We talked about that today. He's never had an injury. No kidding. Yeah, besides a concussion in high school. And so he's like, Coach, this is just so brand new for me. And he's so athletic, but I think he's really – he had a much better practice today, and uh, he's really learning how to deal with it and get through it. And I told him, you know, J Jeremiah, if you have the kind of career that I think you're going to have – uh, you're going to have to play with pain a lot, you know, and uh, it's kind of part of being an offensive lineman. But, again, if you're going to play on Sundays, you, you're you probably never going to be healthy, you know. And so, you know, he's just a great, great young man, and he understands that. He's so, 
I really, I really love Jeremiah because he's just a wonderful person, and I feel, you know, like uh, he really respects me, and so I feel like we can develop him into being a great player. How did this uh, offensive line grade out uh, first time out together uh, last Saturday? Yeah, I thought. Um, that, uh, you know, we did a lot of positive things. Our pass protection was good. And, uh, again, the speed of the game got us. We could have, you know, we could have executed better in the run game, I felt. And uh, I feel like, you know, the challenge is there now this week against a, a really physical football team. And I look for our guys to – because I, it's the most talented group that we've had up front, the most athletic group that we've had up front. And we just need guys, you know, like Jeremiah and – and those guys and, and to get completely back healthy and Zuri and Darta and Andrew and Elijah and Bobby and all those guys that we have. And we got a couple of guys that back them up that are good players. They just all need to continue to elevate the game because we, we, we need good offensive line play. That's what we're built about. You know, our offense is built on having good offensive line play and they, and they have the ability. So they need to really, you know, focus in and lock in and get it done. In particular, Andrew Meyer uh, taking over for Darren Gatewood, uh, who had started uh, virtually his entire career uh, here at UTEP, making his first start at at center. How did things go for Andrew? Good, he played game? a good game. He's so you know he's so diverse in what he can do. He's super intelligent. He can run extremely well, and he's very tall. And so he's just gonna you know for his first start, I thought he did a great job. We've got a question from, uh, let's see, Joseph Ortiz and. Uh, we're going to talk uh, obviously more about uh, uh, the uh, the Longhorn game uh, specifically in our next segment. Uh, but what are you hoping to see from our minors during the game Saturday that minor fans can be excited about? Oh yeah. So again, uh, for us in this ball game, we're gonna we're gonna leave the field a better football team. If we leave that field healthy, we're gonna leave a much better football team from playing against the level of competition that we're playing against. And so, for us, I think it's gonna be to really be efficient with what we're doing in our passing game and to control you know control the tempo of the game that way and uh, to try to move the chains like we talked about. You know, it's gonna be important for us to do that because of the fact that uh, you know Ellinger is absolutely a fantastic football player let's you know let's be realistic he's a great great he was a great football player as a freshman and he's just gotten better and better and they had one of the best offenses in the history of their school last year and they got him coming back for another year so in order for us to have the kind of success that we're working towards having and we feel like we can have in this ball game we need to control we need to be very efficient and we need to keep them off the field and then we need, we got to strike when when the time's right to strike for us and take our shots and take our opportunities but more important, we can't make silly, stupid mistakes and, and, and give them great field position. Again, if you've got a question for Coach Dimmel, uh, tweet me at UTEP Minor Voice or call 880-5763. We'll take uh, a break and we'll uh, get into the uh, Texas Longhorns in a little more detail when we come back. It is UTEP football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center, presented by Coors Light. More of the show after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. We're talking UTEP football with Dana Dibble, 600 ESPN, El Paso. Oscar Arrieta's All-State Agency is a proud partner of UTEP Athletics, a proud hometown locally owned agency with 22 years experience and five locations to serve you in El Paso County. Oscar Arrieta's All-State Agency, a proud supporter of the UTEP Miners, and you know Miners are in good hands with Allstate. As we continue, it's the Miners and the Texas Longhorns uh, this Saturday. Before we get to that, I want to remind you that the Miners will be home next week. This time next week, we'll be talking about the Miners and the Wildcats of Abilene Christian, another FCS Southland Conference squad. hope uh, you're making plans to join us for that one. A uh, 7 o'clock kickoff a week from this Saturday, September the 19th. And remember, game tickets are available only remotely in advance this year. You can get yours by calling 747-UTEP, going online to utepminers.com slash tickets, or emailing tickets at utep.edu. E-D-U, at utep.edu, tickets at utep.edu. And, of course, the uh, north and south end zone box offices will open uh, when the parking lots do at uh, 4 o'clock, three hours prior to kickoff, the Miners and the Wildcats of Abilene Christian a week from this Saturday, September the 19th. So get your tickets, 747-UTEP, and one positive 
for any ticket transaction this year. I know a lot of you are aware of a lot of the uh, fees that were attached to buying UTEP tickets in years past. That's not the case anymore. $2 per order is added to any order regardless of the number of tickets and that's it so there's a two dollar processing fee on every order of utep tickets and that's it so the rest of the fees are long gone so no excuse for you and not to uh, be in the uh, sun bowl stadium a week from saturday but it's the miners and the longhorns uh, this saturday again our airtime five o'clock for the longhorn distributing countdown to kickoff show right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Again, uh, as you uh, pointed out, Sam Ellinger, the uh, Longhorns uh, quarterback, uh, has made 33 starts in his first uh, three years at Texas. And you can make a case that if he's not right at the top of the list, he's certainly one of the best handful of uh, quarterbacks in America in 2020 and maybe the best dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, I just love the way he competes. I've seen him play, you know, in person as a freshman. Uh, and I think freshman, maybe sophomore year, maybe just his freshman year, I think it was before um, I left to come here. And he was great then. And he's just gotten better and better, you know. And um, he just can do so many different things so well. But the thing that he does the best is just lead his football team. And, and people feed off of him because of the way he plays. He's just – and he's physical. I mean, to try to tackle that guy is not an easy task because he's got such, he's like Dion, you know, he's got that huge, strong lower body, you know, so I could see him this year getting himself in the, you know, Heisman, Heisman Trophy. No question. Yep. No question. Yep. Yeah, and he's on every uh, quarterback list uh, you you care to think of. Uh, Obviously, a a top quarterback as he is, uh, makes good decisions, uh, can process information uh, very, very quickly, which is a key for any good quarterback. Yeah, he's great at checks. He's really good at processing and getting them in and out of the right plays. And and then he's got the arm strength to be able to throw the ball downfield, and he's got a good touch on the football. So this is going to be a big year for him. You know, he's expecting to really step up and really take advantage of all the experience that he has. Is he an NFL player in your mind? I believe so because of his strength that he has. I think he's – and he's – and, you know, the NFL teams are – wanting to get more and more guys that can do things with their legs. You know, the day of the quarterbacks that can't do anything with their legs uh, is not, right. not really a real attractive thing for offensive coordinators anymore, you know. What about his arm strength? How would you rate his arm strength? Uh, really strong, very, very strong. He's got a very, very strong, good and really good fundamentally sound delivery. Tom Herman in the off season changed both of his coordinators – and what almost I think three quarters of his staff, such as the fishbowl that is uh, University of Texas football. Yeah, you and I talked about that uh, earlier today, Taish. About um, you know you win eight games there, and um, you know you make changes like that, and and uh, that's just the nature of of, of, of University of Texas uh, football, but. Um, he had some really good coaches on his last staff, some really good friends of mine that were coaches that aren't there anymore, and then he's got some now on the staff that are that are friends of mine too. You know what I mean? So it's just the nature of the business. It's just, uh, but I thought that the, I thought they had a good team last year. They won their bowl game by 28 points over a number 11 ranked football right. team. Right, Utah, right? exactly. Yeah, I mean yeah. we've talked about that. Uh, and I talked about that earlier today too. Is that uh, you know they were ahead of Rice thirty-one to nothing, six minutes left in the first half. You know who Rice was an improved football team last year, and then they were ahead of our divisional champion La Tech thirty-eight to nothing at the end of the third quarter. I mean this is uh, this is an explosive football team, and um, that's going to be the challenge for us. Let's talk about some of the weapons that uh, Ellinger has. They had uh, three players rush for six hundred yards or better. Ellinger being one of them. Uh, last year, but Keontae Ingram, who goes uh, 222 pounds, had over 800 yards a year ago, and uh, and he's a bit of a load, isn't he? Yeah, he will. And again, we're going to get better from this game because tackling him is going to be something that's going to make us a better football team, you know. And so I'm just so excited about the opportunity that we have uh, this weekend to play at the high level. This is what these kids work so hard to do and want to do when we recruit them. They want to go play UT. They're going to have this opportunity to play them you know moving forward on our schedule 
uh, Coach Center's got those, you know, got those games scheduled for us, and those I think are going to be fantastic to get to play in these kind of venues, and it's going to be a fun, you know, fun fun opportunity for the minors. Speaking of, have you sensed a heightened uh, sense of uh, excitement among the minors this year? I've always yeah. said that it's these kinds of games against Power 5 schools that uh, you come to college to play in. Yeah, how can they not be excited? I mean, that's a cool stadium to play in. It's a great environment, and it's a great opportunity for them, and I feel it from the practices this week. We've had, uh, you know, I haven't talked about this much uh, tonight, but we've had uh, some super physical practices. In lieu of going into a special teams, we're practicing ones versus twos and twos versus ones, and uh, and it's good, and it's good work, and it's going to make us better as a football team as we move down the season uh, just to get that quality of work against each other. And so I thought the two days that we had uh, so far this week, you know, three days, but two of, of physicality to them uh, is really going to help our football team as we, as we go against a, a fine ball club. You know, I mentioned Keontae Ingram and then Roshan Johnson, who goes 227 himself, had over 600 yards rushing a year ago right behind Ingram. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah and that's always good to have a little compliment to you in the backfield. So they got a couple big guys that can really do some cool things back there for them, and, and they uh, they do a good job. You know, Ingram catches the ball well coming out of the backfield, too. He had some good production. I, I, 29 catches, I think, or something like that. Right. Last year, Tysh yep, as yep, well. Yep. yep. So he's got some good production. Absolutely. Devin Duver. Ellinger's top weapon a year ago is now in the NFL. He had 102 catches uh, last year. They do have uh, Tarek Black, who transferred in from the uh, University of Michigan. Uh, Jake Smith, who's a uh, sophomore uh, wide receiver, had a nice year as a a true freshman uh, last year. Your thoughts on their receiving core? Well, you know, you know, one thing that Texas is always going to be able to recruit, and that's tall, athletic, fast receivers, right? I mean, that's always been their uh, M.O., and that they're, they're, they're not short of that right now because Tom's a great co- coach and a great recruiter, and so he's got plenty of targets to replace the ones that left, and it'll be interesting to see who steps up for him, you know, as their season goes along. And then, of course, you know, they got some really good tight ends as well. Cade Brewer leading the way from Austin uh, Lake Travis. Their offensive line, uh, three starters returning. Uh, Samuel Cosme, uh, their left tackle, uh, leading the way. But uh, you're familiar with their center, Derek uh, Kerstetter, who's played all over that Texas offensive line. Yeah, we were recruiting Derek very heavily at Kansas State. And and uh, I remember the day that, uh, uh, you know, he ended up committing to Oklahoma State. You know, we thought we had, you know, a great – we were the only team on him at the time, and we felt like we had a really good chance to get him. And then Oklahoma State came in, saw him at a camp where we had already seen him and already knew about him. They saw him at the camp, and then they offered him, and he chose Oklahoma State over Kansas State because of the proximity to, to San Antonio, where he's from. And then late in recruiting, Texas uh, snatched him away from Okie State, and he started as a true freshman. I think center's a, g- a really good spot for Derek. Um, uh, as he moves on with his career and has a chance to play at the next level. And then Cosme, you know, from what everybody's saying, is a definitely high, highly projected NFL prospect at the left tackle spot. As I mentioned, their punter, like uh, Josh Sloan, is an Australian. Uh, Ryan Buchevsky, uh, Cameron Dicker, an outstanding uh, field goal kicker, has had uh, two terrific years now as a, uh, a junior. And obviously, uh, again, you want to possess the football, you want to stay away from turnovers, and you want to be solid on special teams. Uh, those three are absolute musts uh, against a, an opponent uh, the likes of Texas. Yeah, they? because their returner, Jamison, we got to keep him yes. out of the game. I mean, we got to do whatever. Punt returns. Yeah, yeah, punt returns and kickoff yes. returns. Ty, she's fantastic, and they got a new special teams coordinator. So, you know, obviously he's going to want to be showcasing his schemes, and he's got some great talent to build off of. And so, what a test for our special teams it's going to be. You know, to get him rolling and and you know, try to keep him from going and get our special teams rolling at a high, high level against the toughest, as good a competition as you're going to see anywhere in special teams. All right, what about the Longhorns uh, defensively? Uh, from everything I've read, they took a step back last year. They were a very young group right. last year defensively. They got a lot of those guys back, and they think they're going to be a lot better this year. What are yeah. your thoughts? I think they got a, a coach that's very fundal- fundamentally sound, Chris Ash. Chris Ash. You know, was a very successful uh, defensive coordinator at various places throughout his career 
you know, I ended up doing well at Ohio State and got the Rutgers job and, and um, you know, recruited some really good players to Rutgers, I thought, at his time there. And now he's back with Tom. They were together at Ohio State and runs a real sound, sound defensive system. They're very fundamentally sound with what they do when you study them. And, and then personnel-wise, they got some, you know, huge bodies up there. They got two guys that are 348 pounds. I mean, how do you have two guys at one position? They both weigh 348 right. pounds. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot of man right there. And uh, their defensive ends are 280. They got linebackers that are 250, 260 pound linebackers. So they got some size uh, on that defense. And then, of course, they're very, very deep in the secondary with a lot of speed and athleticism. So they're a very, very talented defensive football team. Like the Miners, they've uh, changed, uh, they've shifted uh, over this offseason from a three to a four man front. Right. And and that's what Coach Coach Ash does. He's a four, four front guy. And, and uh, they really want to try to get, uh, you know, Osai, Osai, their uh, number yeah. 46, uh, you know, evolved. In the, off in, the edge. Yeah, off the edge. And that's a lot of reason what they're, why they're doing what they're doing. They feel like he's a big, big-time uh, prospect for them. And in the odd package, he didn't have as many sacks last year. Not uh, that you'd uh, reveal any secrets here, but anything special planned for Osai in particular? Uh, try to keep him off of number 12 as much as we possibly yes. can, right? I yeah. mean, that's going to be a task for us that we have schemes. You know, obviously, you know, I talk too much about schematics and stuff on, on the show, but obviously we'll have him definitely heavy in our mindset. How would you rate their uh, secondary, their free safety? Caden Stearns has made uh, 21 starts in his first two years at Texas. Yeah, from uh, uh, Cibolo Steele. You know, his brother was a really good player, too, and he, so he comes from a good uh, background of football, and, and uh, you know, he's had a really good career so far, and he's a big, tall guy that runs extremely well and very physical player. You'd expect uh, 100,000 to pack uh, Darrell K. Royal Memorial Stadium uh, on any uh, Texas football Saturday, but uh, we're going to be social distancing in Austin as well on uh, on Saturday. They're going to be running uh, 25% capacity, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little unusual to see some empty seats. It will be unusual. You don't see many except for up in that little corner up there, you know, um, in what is that? The south south end zone is the only time you ever see any empty seats there. But it'll be fun because there's still be 25,000 people there. It'll be really neat for our guys to be able to play in front of, uh, in front of the 25,000. You know, as we've discovered, whenever the miners travel throughout uh, the state of Texas, the former uh, miners and El Pasoans uh, come out to see the miners play. I don't know with, uh, do. with only 25,000 seats if uh, we're going to have the opportunity to see many minor fans uh, this Saturday. Yeah, it's funny when I go back to San Antonio and Austin, uh, they t- get recognized all the time. we got a lot of fans back there, a lot of alumni back in that area so hopefully they'll get find a way to get some tickets and come out and support us absolutely the miners and the texas longhorns ranked 14th in the uh, preseason polls uh, this saturday at daryl k royal memorial stadium again our coverage uh, begins at 5 p.m with the longhorn distributing countdown to kickoff show the miners and the longhorns we'll take our final timeouts and we'll come back uh, with some final thoughts with coach dimmel as we're presented by coors light at utep football with dana dimmel we're at the larry k durham center we'll be right back on 600 espn el paso Every Wednesday, 6 to 7, it's UTEP Football with Dana Dibble on 600 ESPN El Paso. Final segment of the program as the Miners are getting set, uh, making their final preparations. Uh, they'll actually leave a little bit later than normal uh, this uh, this coming Friday. We'll talk about that in a second, taking on the uh, Texas Longhorns Saturday at Darrell K. Royal Memorial Stadium. Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. You know, when the miners uh, travel, uh, they generally get on their charter flight uh, early afternoon, and you like to get to the destination about mid-afternoon and go uh, walk at the the stadium and then to the hotel and all the meetings. But, uh, again, uh, this being the the different season that it is, testing is so very, very important. And uh, on Friday, the miners will be tested for a third time this week, and the miners can't get on that charter flight until they get the results of of all of their COVID it's great, tests. Isn't it? I so mean, we're not leaving until seven o'clock. I know, but it's so you know all the testing that we're doing is so fortunate that the university has allowed us to do that. You know, um, that that President Wilson and and all all of our people that are helping it make it happen for us is keeping our football team healthy as we can possibly stay. And so we're leaving at seven o'clock. Um, 
on Sunday or Friday and we'll get there late, which I'm great with that. You know, I think it's fantastic um, because we'll just get there. We'll get to the hotel, we'll go to bed, and then we got all day Saturday Absolutely. to prepare sure. and get ready. And it's so important to what we do. We have one of the longest Thursday practices of anybody in the country. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you're there. Yeah. We're doing a lot of stuff for a Thursday. Most people don't practice that long Not on Thursday? Not that long really? on Thursday, yeah. And then we're, our walkthrough time that we're going to spend Friday and Saturday is really important for us as well. And so... Um, that's that's big for us right now, and and so when we get to the hotel, you know, we'll, we'll do all of our meetings here Friday that we would normally do. Then we'll fly out, and then we'll get there. And then Saturday we'll start our normal game day routine stuff that we do with our meetings and so on and our walkthroughs. Again, I can't commend the minor student athletes and staff enough for their efforts in trying to minimize the impacts and the effects of of COVID. And again, anytime you're talking about a uh, a party, uh, including staff of over 125 individuals, there are always going to be some incidents yeah. or positives or whatever right. you want to call it. But yeah. the miners have been very good to this point in that regard. And, you know, I look at Louisiana Tech, for instance, had to call off this week's uh, game at uh, Baylor. They had apparently 38 positive tests. A lot of those relating, uh, though, understandably, yeah. to the Hurricane Laura that uh, came up uh, the state of uh, of, uh, of Louisiana from the Gulf Coast, and you would understand that sort of thing. But uh, again, I, I think you, you, your staff, your players really have to be commended for the great job you've done to this point. Well, we've been blessed to be able to stay healthy, and it's, you know, so much of what Tony and and Don are doing to help this uh, go well and how our administration has laid out all the things for us. You know, it's a team effort. It's been fantastic what the planning that has come, you know, from administration down to our, our medical staff. And, and then, you know, it's just been, we've just been very blessed and fortunate that we're able to get and play football and we just can't wait to have the opportunity to play this weekend. It's going to be a, a big day for, for UTEP athletics to get a chance to compete against uh, UT, all of our fans and, and family love that stuff. You know, it's not only a big opportunity for the minor uh, players, but let's not uh, let's not fool ourselves. The miners are making a pretty good chunk of cash Saturday at uh, Memorial Stadium, and uh, this year in particular, that's a very important thing. It is thing. with all the money that we lost from the NCAA tournament not going on and various things that have affected. You know, our budget, John, I'm just so proud to get our football team out on the field against the uh, Longhorns for obvious competitive reasons, but just because it helps so many people in our organization, our athletic department that are all doing such a great job and, and, and working working really hard. You know, again, for the Miners, one game under their belts. For the Longhorns, it's their uh, season opener. Any advantage uh in, in that regard yeah the speed of the game is going to be you know a, a little bit better for us sure. now of course now it's going to intensify yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. but it's nice to have a game under our belt that's yeah. for darn sure yeah, you bet you yeah. dim well uh, again uh, congratulations to you your staff and your student athletes on a terrific victory in the opener on uh, saturday and uh, all the best uh, against the longhorns uh, this coming saturday yeah Ty, so let's have fun this weekend should be a great great opportunity absolutely again our coverage begins at five with the longhorn distributing countdown to kickoff show thank you for joining us we'll talk to you saturday from uh, memorial stadium and one week from tonight at six o'clock on another edition of utep football with dana dimmel